And welcome to Tuesday in the Pure Opelka podcast. Yes, I'm a little late, but I'm here fighting off the allergies and trying to get in a podcast and a couple of great interviews with Miranda Devine and Jim Stovall and so much news to cover. Let's get to the important story of the day. It finally happened. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. has announced he's running and he put out a video, a highly produced three minute and four second video. I'm not going to play the whole thing. I'm just going to give you the opening because that's all you really need to know. Freedom. So it opens with about 10 seconds of video from January 6th and the riot at the Capitol. And then there are a couple of seconds of shots of uh, an abortion protest with a placard saying abortion is health care. And 50% of the people involved in abortion would argue that it's not health care. It's death care. It's a death sentence to 50% of the people on that table when an abortion is happening. So those are the issues Joe Biden's going to run on. Three minutes of Joe Biden saying, hey, we, we want to finish the job. Hey, we got to get stuff done. Well, the stuff that he's gotten done so far with the price of gas hitting the highest we've ever seen in the history of the country, it's gone down a little, but it's still a dollar and 20 plus cents higher than it was when he took office. We've had more than 6 million people cross our border illegally just since he took office. Overdose deaths hitting record highs. Murder rates all over the country through the roof. Defunding of police. It is absolute madness to say, let me finish the job. What's the job? Killing the patient? The patient is America? It's a little disturbing. Joe then went out and spoke today. And um, let's just say he... He had some issues. He has some problems. He has trouble with the teleprompter. It happens all the time. The speaker, the former president, and the MAGA extremists are cut from a different cloth. They treat these folks. Yes. Yes, sir. They treat these folks. Yeah, yeah. And they think they're a threat. They think that somehow we're going to go back. So he stops, stares, repeats the last line. Did the teleprompter crash? He can't get 30 seconds out without the teleprompter. He can't put a sentence together. He has problems with the truth. For example, he said this at the same event today. He said this. Think about it this way. My grandpa, who I never met, he died in the same hospital I was born in two weeks before I was born. Wait a minute. My grandpa, who I never met, died in the same hospital I was born in two weeks before I was born. Huh. According to the Republican National Committee, Biden's grandpa died in Baltimore. That's in Maryland, not in Scranton, Pennsylvania. He's Scranton Joe, remember? Biden's grandpa died in Baltimore, Maryland, not in the same hospital where Joe was born. And 
he was only off by a couple of days. You know, he said two weeks, two weeks before I was born. Uh, Biden's grandfather died September of 1941. Joe was not born until November, but it wasn't 1941. It was 1942. So he was only off by more than a year. Just amazing. And they're trying to tell us that this is not a problem. They're trying to tell us that his age is not a problem. The teleprompter battles, the problems with the truth, the constant repetition of idiotic statements like, no, nobody knew what the supply chain was until I came into office. Well, you have to add a sidebar to that. Nobody knew what the supply chain was until you came into office and screwed up the supply chain. Think how many people had no idea what the hell, heck a supply chain was. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You said two, two and a half years ago, well, the supply chain, people look at, I mean, really bright people. Look at uh, the, uh, yeah, the, uh, well, guess what? Because of the pandemic, when factories shut down in Asia, they had no idea they were supplying the essential material to us. I, I think people, basic, intelligent people, can understand when you say the supply chain, sir. I would just bet you could walk out and say, hey, the supply chain's been disrupted. Do you think people are looking at your neck and seeing if you have a chain around your neck? No, they're figuring it out. Why don't we have masks available for the pandemic? Well, the supply chain is broken. Yes, you could have put that together. He's also confused about the difference between success and failure. What's working, what's not. Our economic plan is working. We now have to finish the job, but there's more to do. Uh, inflation has been over 5% for 23 months. Real wages in negative position for two years now. And as I mentioned, gas is over $1.20 more than it was when you took office, sir. Gas is higher than when you got into the White House. And people aren't buying it. NBC News and their poll reported it. And uh, even the Today Show was covering the bad news in, in the polls for Joe. The other issue that the president faces is this kind of meh attitude from Democrats here. 70% of all Americans, including 51% of Democrats, so more than half of Democrats, say they just don't want to see him run again. Did she say meh? Attitude or meth attitude? It sounded like she said meth at first, and then I figured it out. She said meh. And maybe that should be a bumper sticker that the GOP puts out. Joe Biden, meh. It's so tone deaf. I don't understand who's advising him. NBC was out in front of the White House again today talking about how Joe's not even going to really start campaigning. He's going to spend time on vacation like he has pretty much so far. Still, look, it's likely going to be several months before we see the president hit the trail and start to hold official campaign events. Well, you know, technically, and this is one of my gripes, every time a president is running for re-election, they go anywhere and it's a campaign expense and we pay for it. Joe Biden announces he's building a new post office in a swing district. He gets the benefit of that announcement like it's a campaign event. The Democrats are nervous about Joe Biden's re-election campaign. They're kind of accepting it. Uh, CBS reported the announcement and some of the feelings 
about Joe Biden running again. Ahead of the re-election announcement, a CBS News poll found Democrats accept Biden's re-election bid, but aren't necessarily excited about it. And still, nearly half of Democrats don't want the 80-year-old to run. And they, Yeah, 77% say it's time for someone new. I think that's a good idea. But that also probably means it's, uh, it's not great news for Donald John Trump. Because someone new means someone new everywhere. Corinne Jean-Pierre, you know her. She's the press secretary we call Cringe. Uh, She gave a long and rambling, nonsensical answer when was asked, uh, what does Joe mean when he says he needs to finish the job? Um, Can you explain what it means? I mean, a president's powers are limited. His term in office is limited. What is the job? How could any president finish it? So look, well... the president talked and has talked about this many times, including members of his administration. You heard him talk about it during uh, the State of the Union, finishing finishing the job. Look, he ran and won on his agenda in 2020. And so he has, of course, used uh, similar language to update the American people as he works to fulfill his promises. The president believes uh, that he needs to continuing deliver to, to deliver for the American people. You hear us talk about his economic policy and how it has, uh, uh, because of the historic pieces of legislation that have gone through, uh, has how that has in, in been able, enabled him uh, to build an economy from the bottom up, middle out. Uh, so when you think about that, you think about uh, Medicare, Medicare being able to negotiate for lower drug, drug, uh, drug costs. You think about uh, the infrastructure, bipartisan infrastructure legislation. Let's I got to stop it. It goes on for another 30 seconds. I want to shoot my computer because there's nothing being said. Yeah, I'm glad we got insulin price negotiation in there, but that was started under Donald John Trump, if anyone was paying attention. The rest of it, it's a mess. And this was one of the more ridiculous statements from Cringe today. Look, the president always is very clear. We- what? What? The president is what? Look, the president always is very clear. We- the president always is very clear? <laughs> oh my God, that's laughable. That's laughable. Joe, in his announcement, was saying that there's more that can be done. And some people were wondering, um, what's he doing right now? What's going on? This afternoon, uh, with the union event, he says that uh, there's more um, that can be done. What is he doing right now? What is that more that he could be doing right now? Well, look, he's always going to make sure to uh, take action when it comes to... um, uh, don't have any. Don't have anything to announce at this time uh, of any actions that's being taken. He's always going to take action, but I don't have any action that I can tell you about that he's taking right now at this time, based on action. Can anybody in the press pool stand up and say, "This is craziness. You need to stop this. Stop lying to us." Will anybody do that? I doubt it. I absolutely doubt it. It's uh, it's sad. It's terribly sad. The guy's not there. He's telling lies every single day. He's repeating stories that are in his head but never happened in the real world. The story about the train conductor, Angelo. Hey, Angelo. The story about the Medal of Honor winner. Now his own grandfather's death. He was off by over a year and didn't even have the right city. Just amazing.
Maybe there's hope. MSNBC was talking more about it, too, talking about there's uh, headwinds for Joe Biden. They keep going back to this poll. But, Andrea, of course, he is facing a lot of headwinds as well. A majority of voters saying that they don't want him to seek re-election, with many of those citing his age as a key concern. I actually had a chance to ask him about this right after the midterms. Take a listen. How does that factor into your final decision about whether or not to run for re-election? It doesn't. What's your message to them? Watch me. So Joe Biden is now saying that age is not a problem. Joe Biden's saying that age, the age of a president, in this case, 80 years old, and going to be a lot older when it comes to the, uh, the actual day that people will be voting, or I should I say month, where people will be voting for him. That age does not matter. It should not be considered. I did a little research on Joe Biden's initial campaign, his first campaign for national office, when he was not even old enough to be sworn in until after the election. Uh, Joe Biden ran in 1972 for the U.S. Senate, and he ran against a guy who was considerably older than he is, or was at the time, a guy named Cale Boggs. Joe Biden talked about Cale Boggs' generation Dreaming of conquering polio. And this was in a newspaper ad, like a full-page ad. Cale Boggs' generation dreamed of conquering polio. And by the way, they did that. Joe Biden's generation dreams of conquering heroin. Is there any delicious irony in the fact that heroin, opiates as they are, are still plaguing the country? And not only that, came into the Biden home and nearly took Hunter's life? And he still battles an addiction to this day. We'll get to Hunter because Miranda Devine wants to talk about Hunter and where he's been hiding. Kale Boggs' generation dreamed of conquering polio. And if I were Kale Boggs, I I don't know if he said this. Yeah, we did that. We did conquer polio. Joe Biden's generation dreams of conquering heroin. Nothing. He got nothing done on that. Boy, talk about a, uh, a look into the future of Joe Biden as a senator. All those decades in Washington, D.C., nothing done. Became vice president because he was Barack Obama's insurance policy. Joe Biden also ran a full-page ad saying, Joe Biden, he understands what's happening today. I wonder if he understands what's happening today. Let's go back to the grandfather thing. He also had another full-page ad calling out his opponent, Kale Boggs. Kale Boggs, and unto Kale Boggs, an unfair tax was a 1948 poll tax. Yeah, that was an unfair tax. If I were Kale Boggs, I'd say, yeah, and we worked to get rid of that because that was unfair to people of color. It goes on to say to Joe Biden, an unfair tax is the 1972 income tax. So when did Joe Biden figure out that income tax was a bad thing? Because it certainly doesn't seem to be something he he is upset about now. Wow. In the past, we get a glimpse of what could be coming in the future. We should have been smarter. He told us how crazy he was back in the uh, campaign against Donald Trump. He told us in 2019. He told us when he was at the pool in Wilmington, Delaware. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand... 
And to get hot, I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. No, nothing creepy there, is there? Nothing creepy there. Nothing at all. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Dear God. If this guy gets reelected, we are doomed. We are doomed. And Kamala is there running with him. She's only in the uh, video, the three-minute video, for a couple of seconds. She's not really there on a major level. No shock. No shock to anybody. I wonder if there will be debates. Now, we're hearing the story that the uh, Democratic National Committee is not going to allow any candidate, announced candidate, to debate Joe Biden. What are they afraid of? Seriously, what in the hell are they afraid of? Are they afraid of his record? Are they afraid of his inability to speak publicly without the teleprompter and even with the teleprompter? What are they afraid of? I hope Robert Kennedy makes that point. And there is a debate. But it's going to be like Fetterman, the guy that ran and won in Pennsylvania. If he can avoid the debate, he's going to. I hope that parents stand up in this coming election cycle because you got to know this government is coming for your kids. You got to know these progressives want your children. That's their future. Joe Biden said this yesterday. Rebecca put a teacher's creed into words when she said, there's no such thing as someone else's child. No such thing as someone else's child. Our nation's children are all our children. No. No, kids belong to the family that created them. Kids belong under the control of their parents, not under the control of the government. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. We have a lot of work to do between now and uh, December of 20, or December, November of 2024. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm thinking we'll be partying in December of 2024 if we get the right candidate. And keep your eyes out. There are uh, rumors that say that uh, the uh, governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is getting set to announce that he's going to challenge Donald Trump, even though he's way behind in the polls. Uh, Ron DeSantis making all kinds of noise and taking trips that make him look like a candidate. We're going to have a healthy field in the uh, GOP no matter what happens, and we will have debates, unlike what it appears the Democrats are going to do. So I'm feeling better about what we can show the country. But we have to come out with a plan. All Joe Biden's doing is putting out announcements, videos that say, well, this is what will happen if you vote those guys in. The GOP or the RNC put out a video today that shows what they believe is going to happen if Joe Biden is elected. And it's, it's rather, um, rather focused on negatives. And I would rather talk about prosperity, but I think the RNC has a problem there. And I wish they would focus more on prosperity, on what good conservative government, small government can do, instead of saying, hey, if you, if you elect that guy, 
well, China's going to take take Taiwan. Crime's going to be uh, in the streets worse than it is now. Let's talk about the positive stuff that we can do. Let's focus on showing people the benefits of capitalism, conservatism, and rebuilding America from the family out. I think that's what's got to happen. But I'm a dreamer. I dream. A couple other stories I'm keeping an eye on. There is a move by former Obama administration officials to keep Donald Trump off future ballots in states where they have uh, the secretary of state position or governor position. They're afraid of Trump. They don't even want him on the ballot. The uh, district attorney in Atlanta saying regarding any possible charging decisions on Donald Trump, those won't come out until this summer. Interesting. Why this summer? Are you coordinating with the White House? And uh, just really surprising to me. Yeah, I know. Uh, We're keeping an eye out on some uh, general news story. I didn't check the Fox stock today. It lost a ton of value yesterday after the Hunter, I'm sorry, the Tucker Carlson dismissal. And don't worry about Tucker. He's going to be fine. Don Lemon, I don't know. I don't think anyone's rushing to hire Don Lemon. He's probably got a giant pension anyway. But Tucker Carlson fired. Why do I believe he was fired? A lot of people keep sending me all these conspiracy theories. I think Tucker Carlson was fired based on a business decision. Fox settled a lawsuit that was going to cost them three quarters of a billion dollars. And I'm sure the lawyers for Dominion wanted some skin. They probably wanted Tucker and Hannity and ended up negotiating and getting only Tucker to be fired. It's a business decision. You can look at all the conspiracies you want, but I think that's a waste of time. Absolute waste of time. That's just me. That's just my take on things. Uh, We have a lot more to get to, but what I want to do is uh, get Miranda Devine in here. Miranda Devine wrote the uh, terrific book, The Laptop from Hell, which details perfectly the Hunter Biden laptop. She studied it, went through it, verified it. It's all there. You should have read it last summer. It's still out there. And uh, she's following Hunter Biden as as there are stories about him hiding in the White House, hiding at the super rich donors place on Martha's Vineyard, where Joe has gone several times. This guy's a big Democrat donor. And uh, a judge wants Hunter now to show up for the uh, child support hearing. How shameful is it that the Biden family will not recognize this grandchild? Joe and Jill won't recognize the grandchild. How dare they? They've even fought to prevent the mother from naming the child with the last name Biden. It's so shameful. It's disgusting. But let's get to it because Miranda, who's a terrific columnist in the New York Post and uh, a great author, and you've seen her on Fox as well, Miranda Devine, welcome. Oh, hi, Mike. Nice to be with you. I'm glad you're here. Today's story, which is one of many you you have written in the, the past few months, connected to all the the craziness around this Biden family, which we call the crime family, uh, deals with Hunter Biden apparently, allegedly, living in the White House for a bizarre reason? 
Yeah, well, look, there have been rumours for um, ages and they're sort of um, <laughs> reaching drumbeat proportion. Um, so apparently he has been living in the White House for some time and, you know, there's there's all sorts of um, sightings of him. Uh, he's, you know, he was at an Easter egg hunt, then he went was in Ireland, then you keep on seeing him walking to Marine One with his wife, Melissa Cohen, and their toddler son, uh, to go away on weekends with Joe Biden, whether it be to Delaware or to Camp David, um, and uh, and and he he goes away on vacations to uh, to you know holiday homes. So um, there's certainly been um, the last six months or so, maybe even longer. Um, he seems to have been hanging around the White House, and um, his daughter, his eldest daughter Naomi, was married on the South Lawn last November, and. Uh, she and her husband had apparently been living at the White House. Um, the New York Times said they were living there for some time at that time. And, you know, the White House um, has, I think, 16 bedrooms and um, various other, uh, um, uh, you know, accoutrements, I think 35 bathrooms and a bowling alley. And, and you know, it's a pretty, pretty uh, capacious place. Plenty of room for all the Biden clan, really. <laughs> There's a lot of room for them. Now, uh, I just as a sidebar here, had I the opportunity to live in the White House because I had a relative who was president and then be able to go down to the DMV and get 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue on my driver's <laughs> license, I definitely would do that. I would love to have that. and I would keep that driver's license forever. But there seems to be a, uh, a possible sneaky reason for Hunter Biden to yes. do this. Uh, he's hiding well, that's that's what um, I've been told is that uh, his baby mama, um, the former stripper London Roberts, who's the mother of his unacknowledged four-year-old daughter, um, has been suing him over support payments. He tried last year to get those support payments cut, um, and uh, and she's contesting that vigorously, and um, she's. Uh, Trying, in fact, on Friday, um, her lawyers um, filed a, a legal documents to uh, in Arkansas to get Hunter Biden jailed uh, until he complies with the court's orders to um, produce his financial documents. And so, um, uh, you know, I guess avoiding process servers is an important um, thing for Hunter Biden to do. He was tracked down by John Paul MacIsaac, who was the um, a computer repair shop owner in Delaware who handed over his abandoned laptop to Rudy Giuliani um, back in 2020 um, and uh, now um, basically John Paul MacIsaac's been suing Hunter Biden for defamation and his process server had a devil of a time trying to track down Hunter Biden because he's moved out of his mallet was it Malibu? Anyway, wherever he's, uh, he is, he's moved around a bit in California, but uh, Los Angeles, he'd moved out of his um, his $20,000 a, a month, or was it $30,000 a month um, house? So um, he was hard to track down, but they finally, a process server, did track him down earlier this year to um, just outside his Hollywood lawyer's office. Um, so I think it's probably in Hunter's best interest to keep out of harm's way when it comes to process servers. And I think it'd be pretty hard to get into the White House or past Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's secret service detail. Yeah, well, maybe they could get one of those um, toddler 
process servers that could squeeze through the bars <laughs> and, and, and crawl across the uh, the north lawn and get to the front door because there are no locks on the White House. There never have been. It's just once you're past security, you're in. Now, this is interesting because um, Hunter Biden's rental of luxury properties in California also had with it a considerable taxpayer expense, I believe, the Secret Service has had to rent property nearby to keep an eye on him and keep him safe. And I wonder if the $25,000 a month we were spending on a house for Secret Service agents has been uh, has been saved if we save money on that. But the process server thing for for the Arkansas baby and from the baby mama, the baby mama drama he's got, if the financial records have to be turned over, does that mean we're going to find out who has been buying Hunter's paintings? Is that the concern, do you think? I I think that would probably be part of what she's demanding. Um, also, I guess, um, what, what happened to the 10% of that Chinese company that he owned, which would be worth several million dollars, um, we don't know exactly how much, um, that was the 10% of BHR is the company that... Um, he was gifted pretty much um, after he flew on Air Force One mm -hmm. with his father, then Vice President, to Beijing. And um, Joe Biden came away empty-handed on behalf of America, but he shook the hand of Hunter Biden's future business partner, and Hunter walked away with this 10% stake in BHR. So um, now Hunter Biden's lawyer uh, and uh, has told the media that Basically, um, he's divested himself of that 10%, but they refuse to answer questions from me, from uh, my colleagues and others about how much money he got for it, who he sold it to, when he sold it to. All I get told is that's none of your business. Um, I think there's a very interesting story in uh, whether or not that's been sold, um, but I think that would be part of what London Roberts wants to know about because uh, she sees that Hunter Biden was living in this $30,000 um, very nice house with a view um, and uh, that he was, you know, didn't seem to be wanting for money and he certainly doesn't have a hold down a proper job. Um, so she would be wondering why he's asking that his um, support payments be cut. And uh, so she wants to know exactly, he, he said in his, request to the court that the support payments be reduced um he said that he's in much reduced circumstances uh, financially and so um i guess she wants evidence of that yeah i hope she gets it and i know with with miranda devine on the case that hunter biden won't have a corner to hide in even if it's one of 35 bedrooms or 35 bathrooms in the white house miranda devine is somebody that you need to follow she's great on twitter her books are terrific. Her columns are absolutely spot on. And I am so appreciative you spent some time with us, Miranda. Thank you. Thanks so much, Mike. Great to talk to you. Boy, we have a lot to get to. I need a little inspiration today, though, before we check out. My buddy Jim Stovall, the guy who writes the Winner's Wisdom column, is joining us. He also has written, you know, 70 books. He's got five movies, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> and uh, he inspires me every week. Jim Stovall, welcome, my friend. Great to be back. I'm glad you're here because you brought together uh, science, which confounded me throughout school, uh, and you've brought in uh, the wisdom 
factor as well. So you're kind of putting philosophy and science together in this week's column. Is that a correct analysis? Yes, yes. We're talking about the power of inertia. And uh, Sir Isaac Newton said, uh, you know, a body in motion tends to stay in motion and a, a body at rest tends to stay at rest unless otherwise acted upon. Mark Twain may have said it better. He said, uh, once a cat sits on a hot stove, it will never sit on a hot stove again. Of course, it won't sit on a cold stove either. And, you know, so we have to make sure we're controlling inertia. And inertia in our lives are habits. That's what inertia comes down to. You know, the way we do anything is the way we do everything. Winning begets winning. Losing begets losing. And, you know, you need to, you know, we all need to look at our, our morning routines and our habits. And these are the things that really, really control us. And, you know, it's not, not even in the, our conscious thinking. But if you can take control of those habits, uh, you can have a really amazing success. And you brought up a, a really great suggestion in the column when you talk about if you know someone who is successful, if you have someone in your world who is doing well, that it, it's probably a good idea to ask them what their habits are. What do they do on a regular basis? Because those habits have a tendency of putting them in situations where winning is more likely. Yeah, and, and I find it's great to ask people not only what do you do, what did you do when you were starting, when you were back at the beginning? Because uh, I remember I, I spoke at the World Wealth Conference, and I'm, I'm talking to a multi-billionaire, and I said, uh, what's your daily routine? And he said, uh, I play golf and, uh, you know, sail my yacht. But he said, back in the beginning, here's what I did, you know. And so it's, 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 it's good to find out what did you do that got you here? and those sorts of things and uh, and I, and I think you know one of the things i find among all successful people and it doesn't matter what you're successful at whether you're a teacher a minister a philanthropist uh, you know a capitalist an entrepreneur i don't care what you do uh, but the the most successful people seem to control their 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 habits and the most important element seems to be the morning routine. What do you do in the morning? Because that's the time of your life when you have the most control. And I find that uh, successful people have a tendency to get up fairly early, and then they can control the, those elements before the rest of the world wakes up. Or, you know, if you're trying to do vital things late in the day or in the evening or at night, there's just too many things that, uh, that get in your way and interrupt you. But if you get up early, and do those, you know, whether it's your physical exercise, your meditation, your study, whatever it is you do, uh, you can control those things because uh, there's nothing in your way. And I, I agree with that completely. I got that advice when I was a young college student from my roommate, Kent Kirkpatrick's father, who was named Cactus Jack Kirkpatrick. And he came wow. in and woke us up and got us out of bed and said, boys, we're burning daylight. We got mm -hmm. cattle to brand. Let's go. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, that's phrase stuck in my head. We're burning daylight. And that is John Wayne from the Cowboys. <laughs> it's a great movie. I, I didn't realize it was a John Wayne quote. Jack was, oh, a, yeah. was and a wise guy. He takes guy. all those little guys on a cattle drive, and then later on they he gets killed, and they go on their own on a cattle drive, and they're telling each other, we're burning daylight, you know, and, uh, wow. and as a tribute to him. And no, I got to interview Bruce Dern once because he had the career-killing moment there 
where he uh, shoots John Wayne in the back and kills him. And uh, he said, uh, he said, if I live to be 200, I'll still get eight mail from wow. that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's John Wayne. You, you know, and even though the world can be aware, it's only a movie. It's only a movie. There's some people that will never forgive you for telling the director, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> that scene's going to make it into a million memories. Jim Stovall, when we talk about inertia and how bodies in motion tend to stay in motion, and they tend to stay along the same line, the same arc or whatever it is they're taking, have you ever found yourself in a funk that was not the right motion or direction you were wanting to go? And how do you break that? You know, I have found, you know, there's, there's a time when, when you go out and you have a fine dining experience between courses, they'll often bring you a sorbet to cleanse your palate. Like let's, let's, let's start over again here. And, you know, for me, I have found when I am not focused the way I want to be, I'm not performing the way I want to, it, you know, success is not about me, and I will find a way to get out for a day or two and do something extraordinary for someone else. And if I can do it anonymously, I will. And just try to go make a difference. In, because at the end of the day, you never have a better feeling about yourself than when you selflessly, anonymously do something for other people in a way that is meaningful to them. And then you take that feeling and say, you know, I, I am a pretty decent guy. What could I do with that? And then, and then you can, uh, you know, put together a new course. It's, it's too hard to, uh, you know, it's too hard to shift gears without the clutch. And, and sometimes you just need to uh, get a little distance there and step back and go do something different. I like that. I like that a whole lot. And that is a, a, a better piece of advice than what some of your friends will tell you when they say, oh, take, a, take the next month off and just go play golf or travel. No, if you do something that's going to help someone else out, I guarantee you, as Jim said, you're going to feel better about yourself and you're probably going to see some new opportunities or ideas come to life. Jim Stovall is the author of more than 50 books, uh, which has created more than five movies and dozens of great ideas, as well as the Narrative Television Network, which helps blind people enjoy movies and TV. And if you go to jimstovall.com, you get the winner's wisdom column every week, and then you can hang out with us and we'll break it down. My friend, thank you so much for being a part of everything I do. Well, thank you, my friend. We'll talk next week. 